Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by support from our Patreon supporters. I'm joined today by Athena Jesik. She's a professional body worker. And in a previous video, we were kind of outlining uh, the game plan, so to speak, for supporting our health, resolving pain, helping to uh, support the body's natural healing processes. So in this video, I was kind of hoping that we could offer some, uh, you know, kind of hands-on tips for people that they can use right now, even if they can't actually uh, visit you <laughs> to receive craniosacral work or lymphatic work, um, just kind of offering them some things that they can do to help start supporting their health and healing. So the first rung of the ladder you said was cranial sacral therapy. Right, right. 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 
But if you can start with ourselves and being mindful of that, that's a beginning. It changes a lot of energy around us, but Right. And I think any of us can, you know, observe the way that we feel when we get into that mind state of, Mm -hmm. you know, stress or upset or we feel, um, you know, definitely feeling negative feelings towards any person. I mean, it's just um, even though, you know, we're projecting the negative feelings out at someone else, Mm -hmm. it's a very negative experience for us as well. So just noticing when we are getting into that state of mind and knowing that, you know, the, the stress response of the body is going to respond, whether there's a real threat or whether you're just stressed out about traffic or you're just stressed out about this or that thing. Um, so those stressful experiences, those negative emotions are, are just as toxic to our health as they are to our mood and our emotions and the way we feel. So, um, think that there's, you know, just um, that whole element of our emotional health, our stress levels, our general um, attitude towards ourselves and the people around us um, that, you know, I can't remember what the exact quote or whatever, you know, but we can't, there's a lot of things in this world we can't help. But the one thing that we can do is, is try to to take some more control over how we react to things and whether we're letting it spiral us into that kind of snowball of stress and anger or whether we are able to 
take a deep breath. That's how it is for me. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to let this stressful situation or this stressful person just float by and not affect me and not propel me into that state of, of anger and stress. And, um, cause we, we live in a stressful world, you know, um, and it does take a little bit of, you know, responsibility for us to, um, you know, start having more control over how we react to things and just noticing the things that stress us out and trying to either face those those stressful uh, triggers with something like deep breathing, or for me, it's like walking outside, getting some fresh air, start to try and um, get out of that stress rut, so to speak. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, we kind of make up stress. Hmm. Because if we're in a state where we can just let things, you know, in front of me, instead of like, you know, get upset by that, just the way to go around them and not think about it. Just go around there's an obstacle down the road. I just need to go around it instead of personalizing it and throwing that out on him, like, oh, you idiot, why don't you go to speed or whatever, you know, all that goes on my mind. We want to catch our own stuff when you think about it because it's a rule of the that for us, it's just that we've been. Right. So just in this one kind of piece of um, noticing the things that stress us out, doing our best to try and let go of negative emotions mm-hmm. that um, that are going to perpetuate that stress response. Um, to help us get into that state of, of deeper relaxation, you know, um, the parasympathetic nervous system that helps our body um, heal and repair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the when the body is under stress, I think it's important for people to realize that not only is stress kind of a, a, a gnarly thing to deal with, it's a bit unpleasant, it's actually negatively impacting your health your immune system, your digestion, your body's ability to function, much less getting into, you know, we talked about the association of liver and migraines. It's just as an example of um, how, you know, function within the body can, can kind of branch out into all of these different symptoms that we don't always necessarily equate with one another. <laughs> um, yeah. So just getting out of that stressful state all the time is going to have yeah. this, yeah. you know, kind of positive domino effect. Yeah, and that's what's not making any negative effect that we put on ourselves. Because in the body, that's the things like injury or surgery. You know, that's when the body really does have stress. Mm-hmm. That way, because it's some kind of uninterrupted. But a lot of this, in my mind, is just really taking hold over the exterior, outside, you know, input that we take in all the time. And then we kind of choose to be stressed about this or that because of the narrative behind it, or, or we just have to get back, or we've been. We're not in control of our mm. right there. Right. So it influences all these other things. And that's, uh, I think, part of 
moving the paradigm forward and moving the evolution forward and mm-hmm. a more, um, I don't know, just a more mature people mm-hmm. because we're not right well you kind of think about a a a kid or something that has you know temper tantrums and stuff like that and like we don't want to still be having temper tantrums as adults right (laughs) right so let's go back to our our uh our ladder of optimal health so to speak so um i i definitely think that this stress peace, um, emotional and mental stress is a huge one, maybe even like the pre-rung, so to speak, (laughs) and then getting into um, cranial cranial sacral. So clearly working with a cranial sacral therapist is probably the ideal, but are there things that people can do to help support their own, you know, their own alignment of the cranial sacral system? I don't think that can be done by yourself. Mm. Um, there might be something out there that can be, but I really don't. And the reason is because it takes that, that um, resistance to align it. Mm. And it does take the body to be in a pretty deep state of mind. But there's been times when I've felt maybe something going on with maybe something in my jaw or something like that. So do some mouth work on myself is strictly structural kind of stuff mm-hmm. or I'll fix up the and I'll pull my nose out or you know do the removable thing. Oh yeah, so like right between the eyes. Yeah, deep and right go as deep as you can into the eyes without making your eyesight blurry. And then you it's a little kind of a little um, arc upward and forward. And that's okay. kind of one that's really nice to do. I actually, it's funny because watching you do that now, I think, God, I do that every time I get a headache, not because I knew any of that that you just said, but um, as I saw you kind of taking right there, you know, in between the eyes, just under the eyebrow, I think, man, I just do that instinctively when I have a headache. But you're saying that that can actually help to bring some alignment for us. I had pressure or things like that, it could alleviate some of that. Mm-hmm. Another one is like just the ear pull, but that people want to pull the ears, but you let people deep into the, the way the ears are attached. And then you, um, again, it's kind of a, an outward, upward uh, kind of an arc. Okay. And that, angle, and that spreads the temporal bone, so you get a little bit more space there. Um, just little things like that at a structural level, you can just help to open up things. Mm-hmm. But as far as the general overall alignment by just doing the nose or just the ears, you're not going to uh, do much to really align the right. you know, base projunction of the sacrum because that takes a little bit more where it does take extra hands. Right. And I'm finding that when I can have, um, I'm working with one girl, training her, she's doing quite well, and we're going into multi hands work, and I find the multi hands work amplifies the work. Mm. Wow. Really amazing. So, there is a part that people just need to allow other people's talent to, you know, to help them. Mm-hmm. They just have to work with each other's stuff. Right, That's right. part of, you know, working together as a whole, you know, like what you're doing is getting the opportunity here, um, which is important. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's a part of this whole thing is something that you need another person mm-hmm. you know, to help you with. So I urge people to, you know, check and search for somebody in your area. Yeah. Um, that has skills in, in clinical therapy. And then in the meantime, though, you can feel a little bit more into the growth anatomy and start to pay attention to how your body is. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting at a computer a long time and trying to get computer math and you know that's a hard one to get back because then you start feeling like your head is going backwards and you start working with it mm-hmm. and shoulders relaxing and just noticing stress areas in the body because there's a lot of unconscious stress in the body as well right right so you start to identify that and then you can correct that uh, and we don't have to go anywhere yeah yeah and we've you know i we've created um you know a couple of the videos so far for for this program that that we're creating um teaching people how to resolve pain and mm-hmm. and help to restore their optimal health um and yeah so one of those first pieces that you brought in was about just people being more aware of their posture and you know just simple things like that forward head posture where the neck becomes kind of crunched and i mean you can look at someone in that position and see that well clearly their alignment <laughs> is 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 off you know and so you can uh even with a limited understanding of, of the spine and all of the intricacies around it you can look at that posture and see how it's 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 not going to be um, helping anything or helping alignment. Um, so yeah, you had broken down simple things like the posture of the head and neck. And we talked about the posture, you know, even as we're standing or walking and, and bringing more attention to how we position our hips and sacrum. Yeah. And we can, you know, that's a good place, really good Start walking, what you notice is the pants start to move with the knot where the nylon is. 
Mm. It's dark and twisted, and people always have to go, no, straight in there that way. That's um, similar to how that's going to be with not having the cranial work to align that very core. Mm. People are going to come back, and then they're going to be developing in those older posture structures because the body hasn't been allowed to unalign at that cell level. So that anything that's built on top of that is going to be developed um, or even corrected outside of being corrected, that's how it is. So it would never really be able to be in our Interesting. That's what I've noticed with the way that my movement has been pre-cranial work and post-cranial work. So even, you know, like compare, comparing with like physical therapy or chiropractic, you're saying that actually that subtle cranial sacral work may help the body to be able to correct itself yeah. with those things. Whereas if you're just starting with chiropractic or physical therapy, but you haven't addressed those cranial sacral elements, you may not be getting the results or you may be frustrated with having to always go back to the chiropractor or whatever and you're not having the results. Yeah, and you know when I say that, Karina, because that's been my experience from seeing so many people over the years with so many different things going on. Out of auto accidents or just weird, bizarre accidents that they have, um, they have often more than more often than not, they've been involved with either chiropractic or physical therapy or both. Both of those modalities, I think, again, like Western model, they have their place. They're important. And because they have a specific thing to do. But the, they need to couple it with having people at least have two sessions of cranial psychotherapy that would influence their work. Like a past chiropractic would make things easier mm. for that. And then physical therapy, the same thing, because then the solar anatomy can be done correctly. The chiropractor can then align those bones, and they will be at least on a on a straight surface. Mm -hmm. It's like I think it's all you know way in there. But but having that stocking corrected, then the spine is going to come into place a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to work with it. it. Depends on how much people have been out. Right. But the thing about physical therapy is it really is important as a structure at a subtle level of mind because they're developing muscles on those bones. And if those bones, if the bones aren't in the best possible structure, mm. then they're going to develop and just offer just going to hold that in that kind of a long conscious stretch on them. Wow. And the pain will stay because it's not, it's perfect. It's still not here. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen a lot of people who have gone through those modalities first and they haven't really moved forward, and they've had a lot of them, I mean, months and months in some cases. The cranial work immediately has made their body feel like they can have it. And because of that long form of the other modalities that I feel they should go back to, you don't want to go back to because they feel like they haven't been helped. And so it kind of puts a game on them rather than us all working together. With right. And if I'm not trying to train out to align it first run again, then we can 
her body aligned at the at the next level of structure. You know, because sometimes it takes a long time for the bones to move back in just to train the work. So that's just a little added help. Right. And then the then the physical therapy can actually do what's so important to strengthen the muscle bone with bones. They're all very important organs. But in my mind, from my experience and from what I see and have seen, I really think that order would be much more beneficial for the Mm-hmm. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peeks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Yeah, so getting back to, you know, what people can do for themselves, hopefully they're going to understand why there's a certain kind of order to do things and, and way to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't do that, then you can just start to do the best you can with yourself. Yeah. And one of the things to watch out for is the position of the head in relation to the neck and shoulders. Because gravity and action is all forward, it's in front of us, and so we tend to drop our shoulders forward and try to throw our neck out. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to uh, round our shoulders and even our upper back. Mm-hmm. As the shoulders come forward, and then when we get stressed out, we feel like if we hold our shoulders up, somehow uh-huh. I don't know what to do, but the shoulders can come up. And after we have that pattern for so long, we, that it becomes an unconscious pattern. The other way that you can notice is if you're able to lay really still and just have somebody, maybe a friend, go by and just lift their arm and see how well you can. Keep your arm totally relaxed and let them do the working. Because if you want to help at all, that's another sign of unconscious stress. Mm. So there's little things like that that you can begin to notice about yourself. But also the position of the head. If you just think about the very base of the skull, to um, kind of pull it back towards the back wall, so it feels like the chin is coming straight into the neck, mm-hmm. and then take that same spot at the base of the skull and. Uh, it's attached to the spine, so you're not lifting the head there, but you're lifting the whole spine. Mm. Uh, so your chin stays level with the floor, but it's a back with the back of the head, toward the back, toward the behind you, and then you lift up, feeling the whole spine kind of in the neck, but mm-hmm. the vertebrae is what lifts. It's the whole vertebrae, so you're actually putting space in there. And then you'll feel that the shoulders just want to kind of sit there and relax. Wow. If you can let them go, like, like not help lift the arms, mm-hmm. you know, if you can let that go and not feel like you have to guide it anyway, just let it find its alignment. The shoulders will find an alignment. Hmm. And then after a while, if you're in the grocery store line, you start to feel yourself, you get more aware of it, you start feeling yourself kind of rounding forward or, or whatever. Then you can um, just say, all right, I've got to go back and let my head go back and let it go up. And 
it's interesting you know when uh when we start trying to work on our posture and improve our posture i mean like a big piece is just noticing it catching those habits catching ourselves doing it Mm -hmm. but then one of the other things i noticed is that i would actually feel you know even like a little sore almost in my muscles and i thought man it actually feels worse for me to try and sit up straight with this supposedly ideal posture and it was kind of troubling you know like why why does it feel painful you know what to sit this way and i realized well number 1 i'm starting to try and turn on these muscles that have just been snoozing for however long, you know, so I'm using new muscles now to try and do this. And so just like anything, you start using different muscles, you can feel a little sore after you do it. So just encourage people to, to kind of start small. Um, And then, right. But then over time, it actually did become more comfortable for me to try and be sitting up straight. And I realized how much better I feel. And um, yeah, but there's kind of a, you know, I guess they always say, you know, things always get worse before they get better. And so I kind of tried to remind myself of that, that like, okay, at first it feels a little sore. It feels kind of foreign and strange. And then, you know, once it, if, you know, with just a little bit of practice Mm -hmm. and trying to come back to it, it starts to feel more, more natural that way. And you start to notice that like, wow, my shoulders feel less tense. I have, I'm having less headaches. I feel less stressed out at the end of the day. If I'm not sitting there in terrible posture all day. for the lower body that we can think about? I mean...
vertebrate um, with the spine, but if the vertebrates out a little bit, then the hips will be out a little bit, and that will throw the knees. The knees will throw the heels right now. Mm. And so there is a little bone, the cuboid bone, which is quite effective in having it correct in a correct position for a proper heel strike. But if the hip is out a little bit, then we're going to also have the knee come a little bit out. Mm. And the knee being a joint is like a door opening and closing. So mm-hmm. if you have weight on the door, um, bringing on the door, you'll, the hinge will be stressed a little bit. Same with yeah. If we're a little bit out of our alignment on the knee, then eventually we'll have a little bit of knee problem. Hopefully it's only the muscular kind of knee problem, mm-hmm. but it can go into where we might get funny or be in a sport and get hit and get my strength in there. Mm. Sometimes people just have accidents, but for the most part, um, we are out of alignment and are so much more subject to having problems. Wow. But don't seem to come from anywhere other than the problem here. Interesting. When you bend your knee, you know, we all have a little bit of a very internal, or we're not always pointed straight ahead with our toes, but we have a little bit of a turnout with our legs. We have to make sure that that's coming from the hip and not the knee. Oh. And so when you bend your knee, especially when you get over 90 degrees, you want to be able to look down and see the big toe right over your knee. Mm. If your toe, if your knee is over uh, inside or outside of the toe, the adjustment has to uh, come in the hip when you uh, realign that in the hip to rotate that knee either farther in or farther out, depending on where the knee over the toe is at. But that's, you know, you, that's really, really important to get right. that aligned. And then once you get that aligned, it might feel kind of funny. But that will also help to keep the hips. Interesting. You know, it can be go both ways. You know, for me, it's all right. We'll throw the hip all the way because it does work more than every time you do it. Or it can come from the ball. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So that's the one thing about the lower extremity, um, especially in squatting things or bending over for something. Oh, yeah. And then, the, or if you have to have a strong core, that's really vital where the stomach gets equally as strong as the back. Mm. And that'll hold the hips in line. But there's something else in the lower extremity that we can work with, and that is between the ribs and the hips. Um, oftentimes, what we do is just when we're out of alignment with it. We'll lift our, our back back, like our tail part back and kind of poop out our rear end, and then our stomach will come out. Mm-hmm. And we've always been, at least I've always been told this as a young people, like suck your stomach in, but you can't suck your stomach in when your hips are behind you. You oh. have to get the hips rotated back down to being so the hip is aligned over the knee as well, so you're not like.
Interesting. 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 what we what we filmed um, previously we you really were kind of breaking down how people can adjust this posture and you're right it's certainly easier to see I think um, but just the the simple element that um, we should start noticing our posture noticing our habits I know for myself because I'm so tall um, throughout my life as a you know, when I was younger, I would kind of always put my weight on one hip. So I would kind of to, to make myself create the illusion that I wasn't so tall and awkward. Um, and I would kind of do this thing or just kind of like always be over to the side or whatever. And I started noticing like, man, it was like really bad pain. And I just started trying to say, you know what, Karina, embrace your height. Don't be ashamed of your height. Don't slouch. You know, because I would just do all manner of weird contortion thing to try to make myself feel smaller. And I started noticing, like, man, my body hurts. And just this one simple element that I'm going to, you know, try to be in alignment and stay straight and keep my weight evenly between both feet rather than putting all my weight on one side. And I was definitely able to notice that I, I started feeling a lot better. And you're so right. The little piece about feeling more confident, it was almost like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like I started walking taller, trying to stand up straight, trying to, you know, be, um, just more in alignment. And then suddenly I was like, I was feeling more confident. I was having more like, like I felt like my social interactions were better. And so I kind of thought, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder like which came first, but in the end it, you know, um, was just about me noticing my habits, noticing that I was, ha I would just had this terrible posture and slouching and, um, I'm just trying to like bring my awareness to that. And, um, and it was kind of amazing what kind of branched out from, <laughs> from what felt like a pretty simple little thing to do. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And I actually, I've noticed a difference, you know, because there was a time when I didn't see much of you. And, <laughs> but from when you started till now, there's, there's a big difference. I mean, even in your, <laughs> your calmness overall, you know, it's like you have your, 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 
Well, that makes me feel better hearing that. Thank you. Very interesting. Well, I've learned a lot from all of the <laughs> Psyche Truth videos I've made over the years. So. I've received a lot of work from you, Athena, and I do think that has had a, pr a pronounced effect on me. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> well, you couldn't straighten the nose, but not for a lack of trying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's continue on our ladder. Is that okay? Did we kind of address the cranial sacral element sure. there. Yeah. Um, so the next piece that you had talked about was, was the lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is something where clearly receiving lymphatic work yeah. is probably the ideal. Yeah. Um, but, but what kind of things can people do to help support the lymphatic system? We open up the corbicular nodes and mm -hmm. do those skin stretching up the neck. And then you can do skin stretching at the major uh, lymph places under the ear. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of do that along the face. And you find that here you're going in the proper direction. There's a triangle from, like if you draw from the, the between the eyes, a triangle down on the outside of the mouth. That little inside the triangle frames straight down to the chin, and then along the jaw line to the nose collection under the ear, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the face just frames out to the side and kind of straight down to the to the major nose collection mm -hmm. <laughs> collection points, and then you can take it down the neck, and that that helps a lot with yeah. And honestly, every time I am feeling congested, I do the little self-massage for congestion. And it is, um, I, it really helps. Yeah. It really does. It's incredible. something that people are are not uh, greatly aware of. You know, we know a lot about our blood circulatory system and we have a concept of, you know, blood clots and stuff like that. Um, you know, so for me, learning about the, the lymphatic uh, therapy from you over the years was, was really eye-opening mm -hmm. because I started to realize that, you know, we're we know that a blood clot 
is a very, very dangerous situation. We have like a clear understanding of that, but we don't think about that the lymphatic system, that lymphatic fluid, if it's not draining properly and it's not flowing the way that it is supposed to, that that can be just as as damaging because we have toxins that build up in the body that can't be removed. Mm -hmm. We have the good things that the lymphatic fluid carries that can't be delivered Mm -hmm. um, the way that they're supposed to. Um, So just kind of, um, again, just kind of building that awareness, the same kind of piece with the posture, just having this awareness that, you know, we, we need to stay hydrated. We need to drink water. We need to, um, to move the body, mm-hmm. right? Is that another way that we can help the lymph system? And it is just about being more aware. Notice if our ankles are swelling and if there's any kind of even a little pulling. Notice that. Um, watch it because if it doesn't, if it needs to stay there, then either the lymphatic system or the lymphatic work may need to be done. But sometimes that does signal that there's something else going on. Mm. And not to get alarmed by that, you know, not to, I mean, sometimes people just get so alarmed by things, the oversensitive, that they're more in fear than anything. Um, you know, just, you know, check it out. If, mm-hmm. if there's other things you don't feel like the appetite isn't so good or you're sick in the morning, then maybe you could have a more thorough check if there's a lot of lymphatic congestion that won't mm-hmm. be moving out. More than likely, it's going to be connected somehow to probably liver or kidneys or even even intestines. Right. But, but you know, but this is really important. Right. And we can catch that kind of stuff. Um, we can maybe do simple things like herbs that might help to you know if you can't get to the a therapist or you don't have one in your area, there are some herbs out there that that help women. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, oddly enough, this is just such counterintuitive thinking is you actually need more water <laughs> to bring up the point. Wow. And you think you'd need less if you got, you know, clumpy. You think you'd need less water, but you actually need more. So the other thing to look at is they notice, if anybody notices a kind of a bloodiness or a bloated feeling, is it's the water intake. Yeah. Very, it's actually really quite simple. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. You know, I heard something one time, and I, and I don't remember the context, but essentially what she was saying is that the um, 
the evolution of the body and the placement of the lymph nodes. So the axillary underneath the arms and the inguinal right at the inner thighs, mm -hmm. that the reason that the lymph nodes probably ended up becoming so concentrated in those areas is because those areas were always being moved by the motion of walking. And so just the mere motion of walking is almost like giving yourself, I mean, obviously it's not the same, but it's like a lymphatic massage in the sense that it's working those major kind of lymph node areas. Wow. So just a simple tip, like take a walk with the, with the swinging of the arms as part of what will like help to stimulate the axillary. Um, you know, but I, and, and now every time I go walking, I kind of, I think about that and I kind of think, you know, I'm trying to support my lymphatic system right now. Right. And I think when we think about, you know, ballet and just the how the movement is so elegant and beautiful and something about the posture is just, it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, look at, look at ballerinas and I think, you know, I think that really is like the epitome <laughs> of, of movement and exercise and their bodies just look so healthy and you have like the mobility and the posture and it's, um, and I think that ballet dancers are also some of the strongest well, people I've ever known. <laughs> you know, I've studied that for a long time. But I, can, I, can, I agree with you on that from my experience. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it demands posture. It demands strength inside of that posture. Um, and then when you can get the little tips of, you know, the, even the more subtle things of structure, it's even more... Uh, easier to do, it's mm -hmm. easier to do because everything's aligned, but then everything can become real fluid. Right. Definitely an art form, there are things about ballet that aren't good, like the really big turnout, mm -hmm. um, because it requires the hips to turn, and there have been tales told that very young children who are, you know, putting ballet for purposes of being professional, mm -hmm. as they go on, they start behind the bar. And they're having to have their feet so that their feet get to the wall. Oh, wow. And a lot of times what happens there in the development of their bones is that their, their lower leg actually develops. The bone actually twists that way because in most people, it's abnormal that the hips do not want to turn out. Right. So they have to deal with it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think this already, we've already kind of come up to our third rung, which was movement. Um, and, you know, so, okay, so bar class or ballet, so would that be kind of the, the primary type of fitness or whatever that you recommend for people? Or? Yeah, I think that that's kind of a personal choice. Mm. But I think they need to watch carefully if they're just going to do weightlifting and maybe a little stretching, they may want to make sure that they're developing their muscles, not bulking them too much, mm. just on the bones. Right. Or really too big, unless they're really going for something else. But, you know, the average. Right. Um, I think dancing is a real good one. Um, I enjoy the aesthetic dancing now, although I do a ballet bar. Um, I have one. Home. And salsa too, right? Yeah. Didn't you? Or oh, tango. That's right. That's right. Uh huh. But it's fun. But any kind of movement, I do think that dancing is good on many levels. And it's fun and it makes you smile. Right. This is how I like the strategy. You don't have to really learn steps. I just go in there with my training. I just dance the way I dance and I like to be mean. And I like to wear the ballet kind of you know, flowy kind of clothes because it's just like, it's become an art form for me. Mm -hmm. It's an art form for everybody. But anything that they can get out, and I do think it's good to just get out and move, you know, that's why I really love aesthetic dancing because I, I look at people and they're just, they're just moving, they're working through a lot of their emotions through that, mm -hmm. through and through mm -hmm. and through the body. And, and a lot of it's just kind of emotional releasing. Right. Um, so there's that, but Bicycling or, or weightlifting or running or all of that is also good. It's just that it's not really well-rounded. Yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons I really, I really love yoga because I feel like it has, um, it has a consideration for mobility. Yeah. It has a consideration for flexibility and lengthening muscles, um, but also for strength. Mm -hmm. And, you know, primarily, of course, using your body weight to build strength. But um, certainly as you get into, you know, doing a, a yoga practice and once, even once you start getting into the more challenging poses, you realize how much strength is involved, yeah. you know, and they make it look so easy. Yeah. Same thing could be said about ballet, yeah. you know. I think the ballet tends to be more artistically formulated. Mm -hmm. But actually when you rip all that aside, um, and just the yoga practice as, as a physical thing, not getting into the other parts of it. Right. Just like ballet for the physical parts. They're very similar because they demand uh, a strong core. Yeah. It's more of an active kind of a development for a more of an active 
activity like mm-hmm. landing and moving, you know, in a jump or in something like that. Right. And they'll land and then move real fast. I think that, if I remember correctly, it's a plyometric development. Yeah. No, I think you're right because we have um, one of our yoga instructors. She also teaches power yoga and she's a personal trainer. And so one of the things that she's been um been, you know, adding in her courses is um, like adding in plyometric elements to yoga. And she'll and she'll always kind of say that she's like, if it's too challenging, you take out the plyo and just do the movement more, you know, more slowly. Mm-hmm. And then if you want the more like, you know, fat burning kind of weight loss element, then to like kind of create these little sequences where you're, yeah, you have like a plyometric movement through the two yoga postures. And it's like a, um, Mm. Because, you know, if you're standing at the bar or yoga places, your heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. And then it'll drop back down and you're out of that pose. And that's more of an anaerobic bursting. It's actually both, the ballet can be a little more aerobic because you sometimes exercise for a longer time mm-hmm. and the heart rate being up. Whereas in yoga, it would be a hold, it would be, it would be a shorter time, so it would be more of an anaerobic type burst, but the heart rate goes high, yeah. and then come back down. Um, the aerobic part isn't so, so much present in training yoga, it's, or in really ballet. Mm-hmm. But I've come to, just out of my own experience, the way that I feel about this, and it could be totally thought out and I don't really care, is, you know, it's just, People don't agree with this, but I think the final of the anaerobic bursting is actually better training. Hmm. Because you get short bursts, and I still think it works, you get short anaerobic bursts, but you're still going back to aerobic in some yeah. because the heart rate will go down. But even when you're still active in there, it's still higher than a resting heart rate. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know much about that because I, I, I'm more experiential in where my understanding comes from. Right. Reading a lot of books and doing massive amounts of research, <laughs> a little, but not not like some people do. Right. And so, from experiencing it, that I think the anaerobic bursting part of yoga is also a beneficial piece that maybe people don't realize. That mm-hmm. It's getting somewhat of a cardiovascular thing, but it's more right. like an anaerobic bursting rather than the running where Right, like a prolonged cardio. Yeah, a particular thing, not too high and not too low, mm-hmm. in a zone. Whereas in yoga and in dance, they can take it out of the zone and come back down mm-hmm. into that zone. Right. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot to it, but certainly, ultimately, 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 it comes down to what. What truth is this? Right. Because if we know the basics of the structure and we know the basics of, you know, how our bodies are going to work best when they're in alignment, mm. and the layers of alignment that we're dealing with, then people can pretty much find their way around utilizing certain things that they, that they resonate well with and, 
and finding another thing that still is doing similar things, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more to their character or their personality. Right. So if there's not any really one size fits all, mm-hmm. it needs to be honored. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important to, um, I think this was actually maybe the last, um, the last podcast that we did, but we kind of started talking a little bit about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I think there's kind of a, um, definitely a component in, in yoga, you know, that you're, you're really getting into your body Mm -hmm. and it's challenging you to kind of quiet all of those other thoughts and worries that are just constantly going and, and challenging you to like focus on your body and the physical sensations. And I think there's a great benefit that comes from that. Um, and that can be said for, um, I think really any sport, definitely with martial arts, you see a very, very big mindfulness component. Um, and I think combining the physical activity with the mindfulness and being very present with your body and really noticing what you're feeling and like almost using it as a tool to help you quiet all those, all that really fast thoughts and worries that we're all stuck in. Um, you know, sometimes just focusing on your breath alone is maybe not enough, but if you're focusing on challenging yoga poses or a very intricate martial art movement or something, um, it's a great way to kind of get those meditation benefits, you know, as you're also working out or getting the physical component as well. Yeah. And you know, there's another that's another whole story. But I noticed one day that I realized, wow, my two brain hemispheres are actually working together in a way. And the way it was kind of translated to me from my body, I was in the microphone, translated to me in um, just the way that the movement was when I had this inquiry about it, is it showed me that the left brain, which was the logic side, it likes to take care of the structure. So the left brain has gotten to a point because I've worked so much on structure that it knows how the structure has to be in order to make that initial move mm. from one to the other, from a skin to whatever. But then the right brain begins to function in the creative part of mm. the movement. Mm-hmm. And so the corpus callosum is busy. Yeah. It's so simple. 
Right. And I love that you brought that up about the um, kind of cross-body movements. Um, again, uh, one of the things that I've, I've heard a, a lot of people mention over the course um, of the different videos is, you know, the brain loves cross-body movements. And, you know, whether it's, um, you know, like twists in yoga or, I mean, certainly in martial arts and a lot of different movements, you can really think about these kind of like cross-body motions. And I started, you know, kind of noticing that and and trying to just make a practice of doing different motions that try to, um, yeah, work work both sides of the body or cross the body. And then um, I've actually been like learning different drum rudiments and stuff. And so there's a lot of like right, left, left, right, left, left, right, right. And, and I've just started realizing, man, when I'm doing these little drumming patterns. I just, I feel, I don't know what it is. I feel like my brain is so happy. <laughs> There's something very satisfying about it. Um, it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's frustrating sometimes for me to watch that because, you know, in my training, being a trainer of bodies at one point in my mm -hmm. life, I really want to just want to see them, you know, exercising the left the same as the yeah. right because the first really awkward. But an exercise that people can do if they wanted to see is the, how um, wacky it is when you change that habit. Just to, like, pick out maybe a week or three days, whatever you can handle. Do if you're right handed, do everything with your left hand. Eat if you put your watch on your left hand, put your watch on your right hand. Mm. And you know, when I did that, that was the most exciting I did in this course that I took a long time ago. Do you know that I could not even figure out how to read the watch on my right hand? I was so confused, I took it off and I've never had a watch on my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> so you just were too frustrated. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. But Right. Yeah. And then I've heard also another kind of brain balancing uh, technique is um, like to smell like essential oils or something, but through like one nostril oh. and then hold the other nostril and smell it through that oh, and nice. notice how they're different and then smell with both nostrils. And it's interesting oh. because it, you'll notice that like the, it, the sensations are different. The smells are different, like depending on which nostril you breathe it through. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so he was just saying that like, you know, just the simple practice of like, let's say you have three essential oils or maybe you have a rosemary bush outside and you pick off a little sprig of rosemary or whatever. And you just, you know, this one simple thing of like, and, and alternate nostril breathing is of a whole, you know, type of pranayama and yoga as well. So it's kind of interesting. I like saw that little crossover into this little neurological exercise. Um, 
But, um, but yeah, and so I just, you know, for myself, I just try to, you know, incorporate it, you know, as much as these little things as I can. And just, um, I'm going to have to try that, trying everything with my left hand. I know I'm not going to do a very good job because I'm, I'm so right dominant. Um, and, um, but when I do challenge myself to try to do something with the left or just these simple like hand motions where, you know, I'll be able to, to do a little drum pattern in the right hand easy, fine. Start it with my left hand and it's like I'm speaking another language. Um, so it's, so it's kind of, it's shown me that, Hey, this is something I need to work on. (laughs) Help balance the two like hemispheres or whatever. Um, but then it's also been really fun doing it as well. And so it's just kind of something. Oh yeah. Mm. It's, it takes some thinking, but it also, in my mind, I think it keeps the brain alive, too. Yeah. Because you have to keep those neural patterns going and keep them on firing and just keeping it all kind of alive rather than becoming, well, they say if you don't lose it, you lose it. Right. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely... Yeah, I've I've definitely, I think, observed that for myself, too. And, you know, even just going back to my little thing with the posture, I mean, I was I had gotten so used to always being slouched, always being sloughed over to one side, always on my right hip. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just it just it was challenging when I started trying to fix that. But it was so worth it once I had kind of made the posture habit. And it's not like my posture is perfect now, but it's so much better. And I noticed you know, significant changes, you know, um, all the way around. So yeah. it's just one example for myself yeah, of. Thing, right? People should really take posture more seriously because it's so boring. I mean, it's all the time because it just seems so insignificant. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my mother sat a certain way her whole life and she kind of sat on one hip and crossed her leg a certain way. Now she's about 80. And she is so crooked and bent over. Mm. Unbelievable. She sat for long doing what she needed to do, like she was a bookkeeper for a while. And, and um, she never really, uh, even though she did a lot of dance, my parents were dancers, she did a lot of that and her posture was pretty good. But then after they got out of the dancing, she went back to that little posture and even in between the dancing, but she was moving. Right. So it wasn't as bad, but she. They always sit back in that crooked manner. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really shocking to see because I tried to feel what was going on. So I have scoliosis, and I'm thinking it's like a scoliosis that has been developed by this constant accident. Mm-hmm. Everything that I look at in pictures of her when she was younger, to have that kind of a bend in her spine, her shoulders were never, her shoulders were always very. Yeah. So if we do not take care of our posture as we're younger, and I would say try to get a hold of a lot of things health-wise at least in the 40s. In the 50s, you can still kind of salvage some of it, but if you don't, if you don't get it in the 60s, in the 50s, it's really hard to get back. Mm. But posture for one thing should be taken seriously because as you get older, a lot of that chronic pain is also that and then when the bones begin to be that way more and more and more and more and more without moving uh, they will start to fuse. Mm. Yeah. So that's just 
Definitely. Well, Athena, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface of all of the stuff we wanted to get to. So I will definitely look forward to continuing our conversation. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and thank you for being here to, to help us learn, <laughs> teaching us so much. Definitely. And I want to thank all of you for listening today. Remember that you can find the video versions of these podcasts on wellnessplus.tv. And for those of you that are watching, thank you for being a part of our Wellness Plus family. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.